Hello, good morning. This is Rick Pina, and I'm bringing you today's word for September 27th, 2022. I'm teaching a series entitled Pursuing Grace-Based Success. I want you to be a success. God wants you to be success, but God wants you to pursue it God's way. He wants you to become a success in his eyes. And success in his eyes is not measured by the standards that the world measures success. As a believer, success is measured in purpose. So as I'm teaching this series, I hope that you're enjoying it. This is part nine of the series. The title of today's message is God wants you to be accurate and effective. Say say this, say God wants me to be accurate and effective. Put that in the chat, accurate and effective. Accurate meaning that I know what I'm doing. Like I know who I am. I know what I'm pursuing. I'm not wasting my actions. I'm accurate. Like I am pursuing God's purpose and, and I have clarity of understanding. I am able to discern the voice of the Holy Spirit. And so I'm accurate. And then I'm effective in the process. So I'm, I'm not wasting uh, the grace of God. I'm actually, I know what I'm doing. I know what I'm aiming at. And I'm also effective as I do it. I am accurate and effective. Say amen to that. All right. So let's look at our uh, scriptures. Ephesians chapter two, verses eight through 10. The Bible says, I mean that you were saved by grace because you believe. Now you didn't save yourself. It was a gift from God. You're not saved by the things that you've done. So you don't have anything to boast about. God made us what we are. And in Christ Jesus, God made us new people so that we could spend the rest of our lives doing the good works that God had already planned in advance for us to do. In 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 30 and 31, the Bible says, God has united you with Christ Jesus. Now for our benefit, God made him, Jesus, to become wisdom itself. And God made us, the Father made us right with him through Christ Jesus. So because of Jesus, we are right. We are righteous. Say, I am the righteousness of God by faith. So God made you righteous because of Jesus. And because of Jesus, he made us pure. And because of Jesus, he made us holy. And because of Jesus, he freed us from sin. And so the text says, you don't have anything to boast about. If you're going to boast, you got to boast in him. You didn't do anything. All you did was receive the gift. 2 Timothy 1 and 9 says, God saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our, our own works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which he gave us in Christ Jesus before the beginning of time. Now, with all of that, we've been looking at every day. Today, I want to add something else. I want us to look at Philippians 2 and 13. I'm going to read to you Philippians 2 and 13 from the New Living and the Easy to Read. The New Living says, for God is working in you. Say, God is working in me. I know that God is the one who is working in me. Watch this. It says, God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. Say, I have the desire and the power. So God gives you the desire and then the power to do what pleases him. The easy to read says, yes, it is God who is working in you. He helps you to want to do what pleases him and then gives you the power to do it. So God gives me the desire. He helps me to want what he wants for me. And then he gives me the power to do it. God helps me to want what he wants. And then he gives me the power to do it. That's the grace life, right? I mean, so we have nothing to boast about. That's the grace life. God, God gave me, God made plans for me from the foundations of the world. God saved me, you know, by, by grace, eternal life. God gave me eternal life because of Jesus. God freed me from sin. God calls, God then gives me a desire to want the things that he wants for me. And then he gives me the power to go do it. You know what that's called? That's the grace life. I mean, that's not me. This is all God. It's not about me. It's all about him. Say amen to that. So let's talk about it now. Y'all ready? All right, here we go. So what does this mean for you today? I have five things to share with you in this morning. Like I said, I have a lot. Uh, here's number one. 
life is hard. Say life is hard. Now, I'm not speaking negative. I'm just telling you in this world, life is not easy. Life is hard. So you must ensure you're not wasting good energy on bad things. So life is hard. Therefore, because life is hard, you you should not waste good energy on bad things. Let's talk about it. So this series, I'm teaching you about success. I'm teaching you how to pursue success God's way. And I hope that you are learning to define success God's way, right? It it is imperative that you define success God's way, because if you don't define success God's way, then you might waste the one life that you have pursuing living life in a way that doesn't please him. In Ephesians chapter five, verses 15 through 17 from the easy to read, let me read this for you. And I want you to, to really listen to this passage. The apostle Paul says, so be very careful how you live. Live wisely, not like fools. I mean that you should use every opportunity that you have for doing good because these times are evil, meaning life is hard. So don't be foolish with your lives, but learn to do what God wants you to do. I mean, like the the apostle Paul says several things here. First of all, he teaches us that we have to carefully consider how we live our lives. We only get one. We have to carefully consider how we live our lives. This includes what we pursue. This includes how we pursue it. And so you don't want to waste good energy on bad things. So you got to know that you're pursuing the right things and then you're going about it the right way because you only get one life. You should use every opportunity, the apostle Paul said, that is placed in front of you to do good as an opportunity to produce good results, as an, oppor- as an opportunity to accomplish the will of God. And then he said the statement, he made the statement, because these times are evil. Another way to say that is life is hard, right? And so we live in a fallen world with fallen people. Um, and you got people all around you that are not born again. You got people all around you that are, because they're not born again, they're susceptible to Satan. And, and because they're susceptible to Satan, then Satan is pulling the levers and manipulating them and pulling the strings and using them to be a detriment to you. And so Satan is, is using people around you to hinder you, to slow you down, to get you frustrated. And, and then there are some people that are born again, but they're carnal. They are born again, but they're not being led by the Holy Spirit. And so Satan is able to use them too. And so Satan is moving pieces around on the chessboard. God is too. God is moving on your behalf, but Satan is moving too. And Satan is trying to make your path difficult. So Paul says, don't be foolish. Listen, you only get one life. You want to learn what God wants you to do. At the end of the day, this is what I teach you all the time. You got to find it, follow it, and finish it before you die. Learn what God wants you to do. The apostle Paul says, If if there's anything that you need to discern, you got to discern what God wants you to do, and then you got to go do it in a way that pleases him. We don't have to live like those who loosely stumble their way through life. Paul says, be wise. We're not like the foolish. We are the wise. Say, I am the wise. And so when you are the wise, you don't loosely stumble your way through life. You're not dibbling and dabbling. You're not just hoping and wishing. You're not just trying this and trying that. See what sticks. No. When you are led by the Holy Spirit, you know what to do. You know who you are. You know how to do it. And so while life is hard, I'm not saying it's not hard, you have the grace for it. Say, I have the grace for it. 
You have the grace to do what God has called you to do. There are going to be challenges along the way, but you are the wise. There are going to be challenges along the way, but you have the grace for it. They're going to be challenged. There's nothing you can't do. There's no obstacle you cannot overcome. There's no challenge that you can't that you can't master. There's no there's no skill you can't master as it relates to your divine purpose. You have the grace for it. You can do it. You can overcome it. You 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 have as long as God is on you and in you and with you and for you, then God is more than the whole wide world against you. So even in, in the, the fact that we live in a world that's in a fallen state and life is not supposed to be easy, you have the grace to overcome and you make it look easy. Put this in the chat. Say, I make it look easy. Come on now. While life is not easy, I make it look easy. And why? Because I'm. I, it's the grace of God. God is on me and in me and with me and for me. Say amen to that. All right, number two, despite the challenge, God wants you to know what his will is, and then God wants you to put everything, put your all into it. God wants you to know what his will is, and then put your all into it. And then when you're doing it by the grace of God, you will make it look easy. Colossians 3 and 23, the Bible says from the Passion Translation, put your heart and soul into every activity that you do. If you're going to do it, just do it. Do it with all your might. Do it as though you are doing it for the Lord himself and not merely for other people. Listen, remember, you represent God. So when you go to work, whether you own your own business or you're representing somebody else, whether this is your logo or somebody else's logo, remember the logo that you're representing is heaven. And so anything that you do, you should do it with all your might. Strive to be the best. I strive to be the best at everything that I do. If I'm not going to put my all into it, then I'm not going to do it. If it's worth doing, then it's worth doing right. I'm, I'm, <laughs> there was a rap song a long time ago before I got saved and say, I never, never have stepped because I'm not a half-stepper. If you want to call me, you can call me Dr. Pepper. But my point is, if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it all the way. I'm not going to I'm not gonna do anything halfway. If you're going to do it, you're doing it as unto the Lord. The, uh, the Bible says, Solomon said uh, in Proverbs 22 and, and 29, he said, observe people who are good at their work. Like when, you, when you're looking at somebody who's good at their work, he says, observe the people that are good at their work. They are, he says, skilled workers are always in demand and they are admired and they don't take a back, back seat to anyone. Say, say, I don't take a back seat to anyone. If I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it all the way. I don't take a back seat to anyone. I'm always in demand. I'm never in lack. I lack nothing. What I do is always in demand because I'm the one that's doing it and I don't take a back seat to anyone. Why? Because everything that I do, I do it with the spirit of excellence. Everything that I do, I do it in a way that represents God. I'm doing it to re I'm doing it as unto the Lord, so I I take a back seat to no one. Say amen to that. All right, number 3. God wants you to be accurate so you know what to do and effective so that you don't waste time or energy. God wants you to be, say this again, I am accurate and effective. God wants you to be accurate so you know what to do. God wants you to be effective so you're not wasting time or energy. Most people that I know, most people want to be successful in life. I, I don't know anybody that has like an innate desire to be a failure, right? Most people want to be a success, but it comes down to pursuing the right things and then having the discipline to actually do it. It comes down to, in my mind, accuracy, and execution. It comes down to accuracy and execution. You must be accurate in your pursuit, and then you also must, must be effective in your execution. Let me talk about each. So accurate in, in your pursuit. I've told you many times that if you pursue the wrong thing, then it doesn't matter how good, how good you are at it. 
If you pursue the wrong thing, you're going to get to heaven only to realize that you spent your entire life pursuing something that you were not supposed to pursue, that God didn't give you from the foundations of the world. So it doesn't matter how good at you are at something. If you're doing the wrong thing, then it's the wrong thing. You will never be a success in life chasing something that God didn't destine for you to do. So, so you have to pursue the right thing. Say this, I pursue the right things. You got that? All right, then number two, you got to pursue it the right way. You must also be effective in your execution because when you're pursuing the right things, if you don't have the discipline, the energy, the focus, the diligence, the perseverance, then you're not going to overcome the challenges along the way. Remember, we live in a fallen world and Satan is manipulating people around you and he will attempt to get you frustrated, disillusioned, get, to get you to the point where you want to give up, cave in and quit. So you, you're going to have to be effective. You don't want to waste good energy on bad things. You want to, you want to put all that you're doing, put your all into everything, but make sure that you're doing the right things and then doing it the right way. So God gives us the desire and the power to do what God calls us to do. And so if God gave you the clarity to pursue the right thing, this is why God is, is so amazing. Not only does he give you the desire, but he gives you the power. So if God gave you the clarity like concerning your divine purpose and made it clear to you, hey, son, hey, daughter, this is what I called you to do. This is what I want you to do, right? But then if God didn't give you the grace to do it, then, then you would spend your whole life dreaming dreams that would never come to pass. Think about that. If, you, if God gave you the clarity to see what he called you to do from the foundations of the world, but he didn't give you the grace to perform it, then you would spend your entire life dreaming dreams that would never come to pass. But thankfully, God gives us the desire and the power. Say, I have the desire and I have the power. So number four, God gives you the desire to do what he called you to do. He gives you the, the power to, produce, to pursue the right things. This was from Philippians 2 and 13. I already read it, so I'm not going to go back to it. But you should know by now that God gave up, God came up with your divine assignment for you from the foundations of the world. So if you come up with your own life's purpose, it will be too small for God. But when God comes up with it, it will always be too big for you. So this means, what does this mean? This means, this is how much God loves us, y'all. This is the grace life. God has to actually convince you to want what he wants for you. God is not going to force you to do what he called you to do because you're a free moral agent. He loves you so much. He, he loves you with unconditional love. And he loves you so much that God will spend time pursuing you to win you over. God will spend time. He will put glimpses of your future. He will give you dreams while you're sleeping, open visions while you're awake. He will speak to you through the Holy Ghost while you're driving. He will send people. He will wake somebody up to make a phone call to tell you what he's telling you, to confirm what he's saying in the spirit. He will give you glimpses of all these things. Why? Because he's trying to get you to want what he wants for you. God will not force you to do it because if he forced you to do it, then it would not be an act of your free will. It wouldn't be submission. Worship is not real worship if it doesn't come from, from your heart. Worship is not real worship if, it, if it's forced. Submission is not real submission if it's manipulated. And so, so God wants you to want what he wants for you. And he set up a system where he has desires for you that he established for you from the foundations of the world. And then he works on you to give you the desires that he desires for you so that you can build up a taste and a yearning to want the things that he wants for you. One of the reasons God does this is because he doesn't want you to be miserable. If you're doing something that you don't want to do, even though God says, hey, I want you to do this, 
and you're doing what God told you to do, but you don't want to do it. You're doing what God told you to do, but your heart is not in it. Then you will be miserable in the process. You may be submitted, but you, but you will be miserable. Say, say this, God wants me saved, but not miserably saved. And so there are people who are saved, but miserably saved. No, God wants us to make it to heaven, but he wants us to enjoy the ride. So I'll give you an example on this point before I, I start to wrap this down. All right, so I'll give you an example. When, when um, I'll get back in 1999, um, Isabella and I got back from Bosnia. And when we got back from Bosnia, I had served as the pastor of the gospel service in Tuzla Base in 1999 and 2000. Actually, we got back end of 99, uh, uh, 2000. Uh, uh, so, so we get back in 99 and I had gotten, you know, once I, I tasted what it was like to be a pastor, then that was it. That was like, I just want to be a pastor. And so I was at the 10-year mark. Monique Farrell uh, is, on, is on, the, uh, on the call right now. I was at the 10-year mark, Monique. We were at Fort Hood together. And so uh, Monique's husband uh, was at the time, he was a lieutenant colonel. Lieutenant Colonel Bob Farrell was my battalion commander. And at the time, Major John Morrison was my boss. And, and Farrell had Morrison moved to the S3, so that meant I had to move to the S3. And that meant that I had to learn new equipment. I was at the 10-year mark. I had to learn new stuff, and I didn't want to do it. I was at the 10-year mark. I just had no desire to be in the Army anymore. And so, so I talked to both of them. I talked to Morrison and Pharrell, and I said, hey, I, I think I want to get out of the Army. I just want to go pastor. And they were like, well, you could do both, but we'll support you on whatever you want to do. And I talked to Isabella, and we prayed about it. And I just wanted to get out. And um, Isabella, of course, is like, hey, make sure you hear from God, right? Because you're getting a paycheck. And I'm like, all right, okay, baby, I got it, I got it. And so, uh, but anyway, the long story short, the Lord let me, the Lord said, no, I'm not done with you in the army. I need you to stay in. But here's my point. At that point, I had no desire to like learn new stuff. And I had no desire to be in the army anymore. And so I, I, I said to the Lord, I said, Lord, if you want me to stay in the army for another 10 years to get to retire, I know you don't want me to be miserable. I mean, that would be crazy. I, I know you don't want me to be miserable for the next 10 years. So if you want me to stay in the army, you got to like restore the joy because I don't want to do this thing. You got to you gotta help me to want it. Like you got to help me to, 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 to want it because I just don't want it. I don't want it anymore and I don't want to do it anymore. But if you want me to stay in, I need you to restore my heart. And God did. So not only did I stay in the army for 10 more years, I wound up staying in the army for 15 more years. And I loved every second of it. In, in Ecclesiastes chapter 3, uh, verse 11 from the Amplified, the Bible says, God made everything beautiful in his time. God has, God also plants eternity in men's hearts and in men's minds. And once he does, it becomes a divinely implanted sense of purpose working through the ages, which nothing under the sun, but God alone can satisfy. In other words, God puts his desire in your heart and in your mind. And once he does, and you have a desire for it, you will never be satisfied until you become what he revealed. You will never be satisfied until you find, follow, and finish it. You will never be satisfied. Number five for today, I'm, I'm going to talk more about this tomorrow, but I'll just kind of, I'm introducing this to you today. Number five, God gives you the power to do it. It would be unrighteous of God to give you the desire, but then not give you the power. So for the sake of time, I'll just briefly talk about this one. God's instruction is always equal to his injection. Remember that. God will never instruct you to do something that he doesn't inject you with. Meaning that when God tells you to do something, it's because God has already given you the grace to do it. Say, I have the grace to do it. You have, if God is telling you to do something, whatever it is, you have the grace to do it. God will work with you. He will work in you and then he will work with you. God will work in you and then he will work with you. Monique said, yeah, you remember that. I remember that too. God will work in you 
and then he will work with you to do what God called you to do. First Corinthians 15 and 10 says, by the grace of God, I am what I am. His grace bestowed upon me shall not be in vain. I labored. I worked harder than everybody else, but then again, it wasn't me. It was the grace of God. It's the grace life, y'all. It was the grace of God in me, with me, and through me. We serve a God who loves us, who made plans for us, who pursues us, who tracks us down, who saves us, who fills us with the Holy Ghost, who then starts to reveal to us what he planned for us from the foundations of the world. He then tries to get us to, to, to want the things that he wants for us. He gets us to the point where we are fully persuaded, where we are so convinced that we want it. He puts the desire in our heart and in our minds to where we would never be satisfied until we become it. And then he gives us the grace to go do it. Thank God for that. That is the grace life, my friends. And that's how we're called to live. Let's close this message out with a declaration of faith. I want you to lift up your voice and speak this over your life. Say, Father, I thank you for teaching me about grace-based success. I live in a fallen world and I deal with fallen people every day. I used to be one of them. I know what it's like to be manipulated by Satan. And I am dealing with people who are susceptible to that manipulation. So life is hard. But I declare that I have the grace for it. I know who I am. I know what I'm called to do. Therefore, I am both accurate and effective. I am accurate in my pursuit. And I am effective in my execution. Living this way, I will accomplish what you sent me to this earth to accomplish, and I will enjoy every second of every day. I am successful, and I get to enjoy the journey. Greater is coming for me. I declare this by faith in Jesus' name. Amen. This is today's word, so please apply it and prosper. If you're not getting these messages, my notes, you get the notes for free. Go to todaysword.org, click on the big red subscribe button, and you're going to get all my, put it in your email address. You're going to get all my notes in your email inbox every day for free. Listen, do me a favor, two things. Leave me some comments in the chat if this message was a blessing to you. I, I like to read those comments and then I share. And then number two, share this message right now on your social media, on your timeline, and with your friends. Remember, this is today's word. Tomorrow, you're going to have another one. Tomorrow, I'm going to flow in this same vein, so you don't want to miss it. Share this message. I'll see you tomorrow morning. If you enjoyed this content and you would like to learn more about our ministry or you would like to partner with our ministry, please visit ripministries.org. You will learn there what we're doing in the Caribbean, providing a Christ-based education to Haitian children in the Dominican Republic. We also provide them a hot meal every day. If you would like to partner with us, click on the donate button. All the donations are tax deductible in the United States. If you don't have my book, Level Up Your Life, go to rickpina.co and get the book today. From rickpina.co, you'll also see that I have journals and I also have some other products and apparel and etc. all centered around the grace life. And then lastly, if you enjoy this content, but you want direct access to Isabella and I, the Lord impressed it upon my heart for Isabella and I to start mentoring people, giving people access to us to be able to ask us questions. We're answering questions about ministry, about missions, nonprofit, for-profit. I'm addressing things as far as how I preach, our approach to preaching. We're putting out private content just for a specific group in the Patreon. So please visit patreon.com forward slash Rick Pina if you're interested in this material. 
Have an amazing day.